It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You are now in the Corner Booth Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jared Clay. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Corner Roof Podcast. We'd like to wish you all a very – hope you guys had a very Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, or Happy Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate. We are happy you are joining us as you're in the middle of your break between this and New Year's. I am, of course, joined by one of my uh, – everyone's favorite sidekick, Savannah Dean, and my good buddy from the Osho Podcast, Dallas Cowboys fan extraordinaire, Jack O'Hara is back to guest host – because Kevin's on vacation. Um, Jack, welcome back, buddy. Why did you have to tell everybody I was a Cowboys fan? I was kind of undercover for the past six weeks or so. Now everyone knows. Yeah, well, I mean, well, they're going to know eventually when you, like, we have to talk about the game during the one-sentence game, because I love you, buddy, but sometimes your tone with the Cowboys kind of can't really hide your fandom. I mean, you're not as bad as Savannah, where basically just screams, I like Green Bay. Whatever. But, <laughs> but basically, you're not like as bad as me with Philly or Kevin with New England. You're actually pretty quiet for a Cowboys fan, but you still hear the the love of your team, which I, I respect. It's not like a, yeah, I, I mean, you kind of have to. If there's one thing I hate, it's like when fans are like, oh, well, I'm I'm gonna over for this team now because my team sucks. But whatever. Uh, we're gonna start it quick. Uh, yesterday, of course, Christmas Day, as you all know, that's when I actually start talking basketball. Um, because I don't consider, I consider it the preseason until Christmas day. Uh, basically we had about two games that were worth watching. I mean, we had the Sixers knock off the bucks and, but the two games I want to talk about quickly, uh, first off is, uh, the Warriors without Steph Curry beating the Houston Rockets. And of course, you know, the Clippers beating the Lakers, as you all know, I'm the, I am one of the lead drivers of the LeBron James needs to go away fan club. Um, I am a big, like, you know, he's not better than Jordan. If, if KD wins another title, I put him ahead of LeBron. Like there's, everyone knows the arguments. I think Kawhi is already better than LeBron is all time, but you know, we, we could keep going on and on and piss every LeBron fan off into no end. But I will start with this. The Warriors Rockets game was hilarious because the Warriors are projected to finish as like the 13th or 14th seed in the West without Curry playing most of the year, Thompson's out. They're probably going to move D'Lo for draft picks at the deadline. And this was just hilarious to me. The, the the Rockets that were a lot of favorites to go to the Western Conference Finals at least got smoked. Jack, what was your thoughts? Well, obviously, 
first off, the Lakers-Clippers game, uh, game of the night, game oh, of Christmas night. What was oh. it, the largest comeback in Christmas history, on Christmas Day? But It's either that or it's like top two. To your point, though, the the Warriors win over the Rockets. I mean, it's one of those things like with the Yankees and the Twins back in the playoffs. It's death taxes and the Yankees beat the Twins every time. Here mm-hmm. in the NBA, it's death taxes and the Warriors just have the Rockets number over and over and over and over and over and over and one more and over again, Jared. It's going to happen every single time. You mentioned 14th seed without Steph Curry. I mean, it, that's just ridiculous. That's a game you got to win if you're Houston. And that just proves that it's just one of those things, you know. It's like if you ever seen the show Haunting of a Hill House, that's their Hill House. They they just can't beat the the Warriors. Savannah, what were your thoughts on the games? Yeah, I can agree with him. It's kind of like when the Cowboys play the Packers. Like they're literally never gonna win. Oh, she's going right at you right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Just, just uh, hold off on the fire until we get to the football. Like we're, we're warming you I up. Know. Kevin's not Want here. You hang put up the guns like down. Last time. Oh my gosh. Jeez. Yeah. So <laughs> put the ammunition away. Kevin's on vacation. I didn't mean it to, to come out that bad, but I'm just like you got to. She be does honest. have a point. The last couple times in the, in the last couple times the two teams have played, it has been the Packers out and the Cowboys number. So I get what yeah. she's saying. Completely agree. Didn't have to bring it up. Completely irrelevant. But it's, it's, it's an accurate it's an accurate metaphor. The thi- or a comparison, whatever. The thing is, what I I loved is that the Rockets and they were. Break- uh, I was listening to Gottlieb filling in for Cowherd this morning uh, today, and I hate Gottlieb usually, but he made a great point. He said there are certain things in this world that just don't work. They work on paper. It makes sense. One of them was the Cowboys this season. I, I don't mean to keep picking on you, but that was the first example. The second one, he brought up like socialism, why it really doesn't work. We're not going to get into politics. And then the last one he goes was the Houston Rockets. They are such a sabermetrically heavy team. Their team on paper makes so much sense. And during the regular season, when really human emotion and fatigue and all these other factors don't come into play, that the algorithm that sabermetrics is doesn't like pan out. Basically, the Rockets are dominant, but what they fare to be is that if a team wants it more and a team is better coached and has more experienced players and better team chemistry, they will not like nine times out of 10 win the game. And we saw that last night or at least five, six to seven times out of 10, even if the Rockets are infinitely more talented, which they are. But there's no team chemistry. Yes, Russ and James are boys. How are they on the court? It didn't look that well to me. They, it, the balance of scoring needs to be very similar. Yes, they're both two of the best scoring guards I've seen in my entire life. But down down on the front court, what, are you going to rely on P.J. Tucker and Clint Capella to score points? It doesn't. It, this this team seemed very backcourt heavy. It almost reminded me of a more um, combustible and explosive uh, – what's it called? Blazers team with two heavy guards and a, a couple okay bigs, but they're not really going to go deep, deep into the playoffs unless they have a crazy series. And this has proved it to me. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. And then if we're going to talk Lakers, uh, Lakers Clippers quick, I, you know, regardless of the score, I've been saying this since day one, the Clippers are the deepest team. They have the best player in the world. They have currently, they have the fourth best player in the world currently. And they have a ton of weapons besides those two. And they also have a better coach than the Lakers in Doc Rivers. That's why – but the thing is – and also the one thing about LeBron I want to realize – I want everyone to realize is 
I respect what he is all time. He's a top five, top six at, at the least player all time when he when he hangs it up. Four title, he gets in the top three, but it's probably not going to happen. But LeBron, you started to see like it was like he. Uh, I heard today that they were comparing to like you know Ray Lewis in the back end. They saw talk about you know like Breeze and Brady. Their arm strength isn't what it used to be. LeBron doesn't have the blast off he did when he was like with Miami or, or even like his first year in Cleveland or his first year of the second stint in Cleveland or his first stint in Cleveland. He doesn't have the explosiveness where he literally could just hit the gas and he's outrunning everyone except for maybe like Westbrook and Dennis Schroeder down the court. So I think that's what we're starting to see. And you're starting to see he just can't really play defense. And the other thing that's scary about the Lakers is Anthony Davis. For some, it, I don't know if it's just some part of his game he never developed perfectly. He was taking step back jumpers on Montrezl Harrell, who's not the most elite defender. <laughs> and it, it looked to me, I'm like, wait, I thought he, Anthony Davis was supposed to be a top five player in the league right now. Where is this top five? They're single teaming him. They're letting him take jumpers. He's he's breaking them. Like I I, I was not impressed at all. Yes, LeBron. They, yes, the team played great, but I just think. The Lakers, yes, they got up hot, but I want to see if they're doing this in May, in April, and even March. Like, in March, if they're still doing this, then yes, Jack, I will pop on and start driving the the, the Lakers for the NBA Finals wagon because that's going to be great, But especially for ratings. But I don't know. I just think the Clippers right now, they're, they're, they're still in cruise control. They're going to be like the Heat in 2012 where they just crank it on at about January and just steamroll everyone. Yeah, briefly, just talking about the Lakers-Clippers game here with Jared Klim. Uh, I was I was going to say, because you were burying them pretty hard. They are first in the Western Conference right now. I know it's only December. It's, still got ways it's to the go. NBA preseason to me. That's, that's right. what I call it. You still got ways to go. And you do make a lot of great points with the Clippers. Doc Rivers, obviously the better head coach. They have way more depth offensively on the bench. To me, though, with a healthy and clear-minded LeBron James and Anthony Davis, I don't think the Lakers – I mean, yes, obviously they can be stopped. But that, with those two guys alone at their best, they're the best team in the Western Conference, period. I, I can't deny it at all. And, I, 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 like, right now they are the best team in the conference, but I, like you said before, it's early. And, Savannah, any final thoughts before we uh, move on to some uh, baseball and football? Uh. Yeah, you can just – I kind of agree with you. Like, okay, not with the way that you're talking about LeBron because I love LeBron. I think he's possibly the best player that there is. So the fact that you're saying any of this stuff kind of shocks me. But I just think LeBron's just been off recently. Like, obviously, he's getting older. He's played forever. He's going to start having a, a falling out. He's not going to do as good. But his stats are still pretty good. Like, almost every year they've – like basically improved he I just think he's off right now like haven't they lost like four in a row or three in a row or something like that recently like I just think he's off and like I agree with Jack that like when they're when they're at the top of their game they're going to be hard to beat I think this game was just not a top tier game for the Lakers I'm not going to go full of reaction say oh the Lakers are going to be like a six seed now the Lakers are going to be a two or three or even four or they could be one or four they're going to be top four one or one through four seed because the NBA doesn't like adhere to the whole division things that a lot of other teams do. Yeah. But the thing with the Lakers is is that I want to see them actually I just I don't see them going in 
taking on the Clippers in seven straight games. Yes, they both they don't have to leave the city, but it's going. It, I just don't see Kawhi not just going to LeBron like, hey, I'm going to take your spot in the top five all time, and you can't do shit about it. Because that's what Kawhi does. He is the he's Thanos of the NBA. He took out three dynasties already, and it's or like three super teams, and it's amazing. So. I think that's what he's gonna do this whole like this whole like the season for the Lakers because the Lakers everyone's talking about before the season they're unstoppable nobody's gonna beat them and then the fun guy and his sidekick Paul George just like yeah, that's how that's funny all right now let's get rocking and rolling here as we keep moving along we got a couple baseball moves quick so Savannah you can you can go take a nap if you want to for about five minutes I uh, know we're all, we're kidding of course Savannah's been putting in her effort to try to get herself more baseball educated. Um, because, of course, when we brought her on, we did not tell her we talk baseball as much as we do. Jack, of course, you and me go back and forth in baseball like it's our job. We got to, we, Me and you already talked about Mad Bum to the Diamondbacks. I want to say one thing. I said it before. Kevin was ripping. I said too much money. I'm like, you know what? He doesn't give up home runs in a home run heavy ballpark now. That's fine with me. I'll take it. But my, my boys made another move on Christmas. Cole Calhoun. I don't. It's like it's same thing as Mad Bum. Yeah. It's like. He's a power bat in a power bat ballpark. I dig it. You, you, you I are love so, the move. You're an, you're an Angels organization guy, so you tell me what I need to know about Cole Calhoun. Cole Calhoun is a great signing by the Diamondbacks. I'm still kind of scratching my head as to why they're making a push here, considering that this is the Dodgers division throughout the next, I don't know, three, four years maybe with all the talent that they have, but with all the young talent that they have. So it's kind of mind-boggling to me that they give Mad Bum $85 million for five years. But I also understand that they need to bring in uh, fans, you know, because last year, even the years that they were winning, those dog days in August, like those hot summer days in July, that stadium's half empty at Chase Field. Like they needed to bring in uh, an ace like Madison Bumgarner, a guy who's run rough shot over the uh, NL West for the past decade now. Yeah. And bring in Pete and then Cole Calhoun's. He was a fan favorite in uh, Anaheim with the Angels. Tremendous defender. He gets hot with the bat every now and then, though not really a career um, batting average guy. Usually in the 220s, 230s when it comes to average. But so basically, he he's a healthy Steven Souza. Yeah, he comes up in the clutch. Tremendous defensive play in right field. I'm assuming that's where he's going to be in right yeah, field. Yeah, they'll move Peralta over to uh, left. They'll keep Marte in center. And Peralta has a ton of experience in left anyways. Yeah. So outfield alone is tremendous to go with. Cattell Marte's power in the infield. Uh, you mentioned your guy, uh, what, Christian Walker. Christian great Walker power. staying at first base, which I love. Great was a- Oh, yeah. And then Ian Weaver, I'm a big supporter of in that rotation. Young arm, young right-handed arm. And now you have Madison Bumgarner, a guy who's not only going to pitch hopefully well. Like, uh, the best-case scenario here, he pitches well. But at the same time, he's going to be a mentor to all those young pitchers in that staff. Which is why the Diamondbacks, oh, yeah. I think, in the big in the big picture. Uh, hey, if anybody can reel in Archie Bradley, I'm for it. Um Here's one. We're talking Dodgers quick. Uh, Ryu going to the Jays. Uh, this one blindsided me a bit. I was just like, what? I thought he was going to stay for a while. We, we, you know, everyone talks about Rendon, Cole, Strasburg. The big moves have really been made. You've got maybe Yasiel Puig going to the uh, uh, White Sox reportedly is one of the moves. Of course, you, you were at the winter meeting, so you saw these things going down and stuff like that. But 
What about Ryu to the Jays? I still don't look at them as a team to take seriously in the AL East, but I mean, it's good they have an ace again. Now they still have Strowman, I believe, right? Or no, is he? No, he's with the Mets. He's but with right, the Mets now. yeah, so, yeah. So initially, I, I agreed with you. I'm like, okay, this didn't really make sense, but okay, Blue Jays going up to good old Canada. Uh, Ryu, this deal, if Ryu pitches well, makes perfect sense now that I think about it, because I think the 2020 decade, the 2020s, will be all about the New York Yankees and the Toronto Blue Jays in the AL East. Just look at the young talent that the Blue Jays oh, have. The They're Blue not ready Jays. Oh, we got to talk about, come on, my boy Vladdy G. It's Vladdy Guerrero, Calvin Biggio, and Bo Bichette, the, the core in that lineup offensively. They're all, what, 21, 22 years old, those guys? Yeah, they're all, like, Vlade Jr. is two years decade. younger than me. Yeah. They're all going to be around for the next decade. You have Ryu in that rotation now. They're not done either. I don't oh. think they're done. They're not ready to win this year. I wouldn't be shocked if they made a possible wild card appearance in 2020. But the yeah. 2020 decade, the 2020s, is going to be all about the Yankees and the Blue Jays with their young, talented offenses. No doubt about it. Totally. I'm so for that. And to I'll play devil's advocate quick before we hit one last. I want to ask you about one more thir- a third baseman with some great hair from Atlanta. I want to see where he's going. Um, basically, you oh, talking about Josh Donaldson? Josh, you think he has yeah, hair? Thunder, I love his hair, man. But yeah, Joshy Thunderstick. But basically, um, what to play devil's advocate? The whole Arizona LA point is Arizona has always been a thorn in LA's side every year, even when they had no talent. For some reason, that ballpark just drives them crazy, especially Kershaw. Yeah. So you give them a vet who's dominated the Dodgers' his entire career. You put in a couple young studs like Marte and Peralta. And, you know, Peralta's getting up there in age now. But And uh, Christian Walker. You have a young, rotation of bullpen. We've seen teams make that jump in less year's time. I'm not saying – and also the Dodgers, dude. Like, I'm just waiting for that, like – I'm not sold on Dave Roberts as a manager anymore. I really am not. Because, yes, he has a loaded roster. But a loaded roster like that, you should get into the playoffs. Why was why was uh who was it? why was Kershaw in when they lost to the uh the Nationals? Why wasn't he? Yeah, didn't they pull Kenley Jansen? I can't remember the 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 series of formatting, but after that, I remember me and Kevin ripped Dave Roberts for about five minutes. I was laughing hysterically, dancing on the Dodgers' grave. So I mean, that's kind of a move you have to make. I mean, I think they pulled Jansen before that. He pitched in the seventh. Uh, Kershaw got the final out in the seventh, then it was the eighth inning. But yeah, because he had never pitched in relief before. That's why they gave up the home run to Kendrick. That's why I remember now. But at the same time, Clayton Kershaw is your ace, one of the best pitchers in baseball. I realize the postseason numbers are abysmal, but you got to at least have faith that he's going to get through the heart of that Nationals order. Obviously, it doesn't turn out. But But he's not Mad Bum, and he's not uh, – what's his face? He's not any of these guys who actually can – who've done that and successfully done that. The problem with Kershaw would always bug me is he never did it. It's almost kind of like the John Lester thing of a couple years ago when they tried to put him in in relief if he couldn't field or pick guys off. So – but at the same time, he's their best option at the moment. Like everybody, I, I agree. I mean, everybody, everybody's walking on eggshells when he comes into pitch late games like that. Down what they were up two runs, it was three to one. He gives it back to back homers. It's three three. I mean, that's Dave Roberts' best choice that he could have made there, and it just didn't pan out. I also think he shouldn't have played Jansen as early as he did. I think he should have put it on because they're deep. Their bullpen isn't awful. It's just like he jumped the gun a little bit with Jansen. That's a game five situation. It's do or die. So like, yeah, I know. But I feel like they, I, running high. Yeah, I mean, if they could have, if they, if the what are from what I remember, since it was October, 
basically, I all I remember is the game looked one, and then all I just remember, I turn on the TV, I I work off, so I'm sitting there watching it on Xbox while I've got a couple of my boys in the microphone, and I'm losing my crap as the Dodgers start blowing it. But all right, last thing, Josh Donaldson, where do you think he's going? Perfect fit with the Washington Nationals. Oh, I love that. Well, obviously, Anthony Rendon goes to Anaheim, LA Angels. Yeah. He's, he's halo bound, which is a perfect move for them because they finally needed a guy to be a superstar with Mike Trout because they're wasting his prime. Yeah. But Josh Donaldson, if you I, – I heard that the Nationals were floating around five years, $80 million for Josh Donaldson. I mean, the guy's coming off a one-year, $12 million deal with the Atlanta Braves. Why not take that deal if you're Josh Donaldson? Such oh, a beautiful I think, you know, what he's going to do, he's going to say, like, listen, I'm up for this. Let me just see what else I got. Because if you're Donaldson, if you can't get anything better, if, unless the Nationals get offended, because I don't think there's any other good real third baseman options in the market right now besides Donaldson. No. Yeah, now that Rendon's gone, he's the guy. So especially with the Nationals, who got to fill a seat and fill some tickets pricing, because as, as, as much as Donaldson's streaky – he is a star in the MLB. He does move ticket sales. So I'm all for this. All right, Savannah, you can wake up from your nap now. Um, we're back to talking some football. First off, guys, uh, by the way, Kevin texted in his picks. Um, so he, he he lives. So Jack doesn't have to make them for him. <laughs> all right, first off, we're going to yeah. talk quickly about Dak Prescott, your boy, J- uh, Jack. He missed practice yesterday with a shoulder injury. He looked off against Philadelphia. There were some throws like like the last throw of the game. Yes, that was just good defense. But there were a couple of throws like he should have had wide open. There were a lot of drops too. It just wasn't the Cowboys' day. But you could tell Dak was hurting a little bit. Do you think there's any chance they uh, both of you guys will open up the forty on this? Do you think there's any chance Dak doesn't play someday? Uh no. Uh, no. I, he's got to play. This is a do or die game. Yeah, last yeah. week, do or die. Who, who are you gonna put out there? He's your best option. Who's their backup? Exactly. He's their best option, and you're going up against a very weak Washington Redskins team. But it's I mean, playing very hot lately. They, yet, despite their record, I think they've been in every game they've played the last, like, four weeks. Right. Offensively. De- their defense is one of the oh, worst. Oh, their defense moves. is atrocious. They got shredded by Greg Ward. I mean, Cooper actually, Rush. That, that's our backup. Cooper Rush. Welcome to the world, Cooper Rush. I didn't even know you existed. You're going to uh, go with uh, – played at Central Michigan. Okay. You're going to go with that guy, week 17. Would you go with Cooper Rush in the, the wild card okay. round against the Seattle Seahawks or 49ers? Come on, oh, are Jason. You, are you really going to bet? either way. Are you, Cowboys won the Super Bowl this year facing Eric. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a question, though. So you think that Dallas will get in, so you think Philadelphia is losing to New York? I'm just saying – if everything goes their way and they somehow find out, find their way to a miraculous Super Bowl run, Jason Garrett's still gone. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, I, they would have to literally blow out the Super Bowl to, like, not lose Jason Garrett. Yes. But I was waiting for him to get fired this week. But the fact that I think they're still in it, the only reason Gary Gomes gave him is just kept him keep his job. Oh, so the Black I mean, coming, pal. It's coming. Oh, I know. And Jack's waiting for the day. I think I'm going to get a snatch of him popping champagne bottles. Um, so I'm going to like take that question off the floor. Cause it's kind of a stupid one as I go back and think about it, but that it's so interesting to me. Cause I'm thinking about this. He looked off. I'm, if I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm worried going into Sunday only because 
not that Danny Dimes and Saquon are a real threat. I'm just worried the offense won't be able to work against if if Dak's shoulder shot. So Savannah, if you want to rejoin the universe, what do you think about this? If Dak's shoulders cooked, what is like? Is there a fear if you're a Cowboys fan that this game could go south real quick? I don't know the way that he looked last week. I mean, he's not this phenomenal quarterback, but he can make some throws and stuff like that. And though he was overthrowing wide receivers, like that was what he was paid to do. It was, I mean, I think, I think he's hurting. There's definitely something wrong, but he's definitely going to be playing next week. I don't think things are going to go south. I think they seem to be putting themselves in predicaments that they are hard, that it's hard to get out of, but definitely not against the Washington Redskins. With with the with the Cowboys, I am just I really want to see how it progresses because their offense looks sluggish. Zeke right. didn't move the football at all Mm-mm. against an Eagles run defense that has struggled even when they are at their peak against him. Yeah, but Zeke's really only had a couple of good games like this season. Like he's a phenomenal running back. He's still fourth in the league in rushing, which I I think is still impressive. But at the I same know. time is impressive but he's just had an off season like he I mean he has decent stats but like it's nothing compared to what he has been the last couple seasons so the fact that he kind of struggled even against an uh defense that struggles to stop the run like isn't really that surprising you know damn well the Packers defense like is awful at stopping the run and they he couldn't really run on them either it's just it's just how it is yeah and if I if I look at this completely, um, the problem is with Zeke, and it really cut in the Cowboys. They need to give him the ball, and he's had an off season. As you can, as we've you've already established, mm-hmm. the Eagles have a, have a great run defense. It's just something about him that just gives them fits. But what I noticed in the game was that Kellen Moore just was trying to get too cute with the play calling. I don't know. Their game plan just felt very inconsistent. And if I'm a quarterback who's one of my shoulders shot, it looked like Dak was placing the ball a lot. Um, And I honestly, it just, it looked off to me. So I don't know. Like we could see the the, the Redskins pull off an upset if they're not careful. So we're going to see how it goes from here. But moving on, we have... A little uh, other – we have a little uh, NFL news for you. Josh Jacobs has a, had a skin infection the other day. So he's uh, – Savannah, how long has he, he – did he – he missed last week, correct? Yeah, he's missed the last two or three weeks. Yeah, so he had surgery to remove a skin infection. So it seems it, – it, everything's looking good. It seems like he's going to be okay. He's so important that – I think he's the reason the Raiders are just falling apart offensively. Yeah. But, well, you have to think their rookie, like Hunter Renfro, he didn't play. I mean, he played last week, but he didn't play the last two weeks before that either. So their two top rookies are gone, and suddenly the Raiders dropped, what, five out of their last – or four out of their last five? Yeah, but they are somehow still alive in the AFC, which is beautiful. And everything that can happen on Sunday is very possible. So. Oh, I could so see the Texans smacking the daylights out of the Titans – I could also so see the Steelers losing to the Ravens, even if RG3 starts. Right. Agreed. If RG3 starts, they are almost – because RG3 is equal of a passer as Lamar is, at least in accuracy. Right. But 
Omar is a better arm, but RG3 is not is probably one of the top four or five best backups in the league right now. Right, he has that starting um, pedigree. Right, yeah, exactly. He knows what he's been a starter before. He's been a backup before, so he knows all. He knows what he's doing. It's you know to me if I'm the Raiders fans, I was talking. My uncle's a Raiders fan, and of course your mother is as well. So right. if I'm going to tell them, the two of them today, I'd be like, listen, there's hope. You guys have a shot. I mean, you better hope Jacobs is ready for the wild card round, but. It's kind of like how the the Eagles are apparently going to get to Sean Jackson back if they can survive the wild card round as well. Which, if the Eagles get Jackson back, that offense flips a switch instantly. They become dangerous. Right. And did you see that um JJ Watt can come back for the? I wild saw card? that too. Um, it's it's really just it's a great thing seeing like these guys come back. Like this might be Jackson's last season with Philly, or as a pro football player, JJ's getting up there in age. I love seeing the fact these guys are returning for the playoffs. It's really good to see. Um, also a little Eagles news, <sighs> Miles Sanders, my, who I, Savannah, you know, I've been on, I've been riding since your first episode here. I have been driving the fan bus of Miles Sanders since week one. And right. yes, he started off slow, but the last four or five weeks, he's been a monster with the absence of Jordan Howard. And it's like, I've been saying since September, my buddy came up to me in the gym the other day who listens to the show and he goes, dude, you've been gassing up Sanders all year. And you finally got it right. I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, just get him the damn ball and get out the way. Um, he leads now rookies in all-purpose yards. I think he's second or third in touchdowns. And now with Jacobs missing a couple games and Kyler, you know, Kyler's stats being good but not great, there is a realistic shot he could get offensive rookie of the year if he has a great game Sunday. And I love the fact that I see that. That's all I have to say about it. I think he's going to have a comparable or equal or possibly even – He's going to be up there with Jacobs, the, the two best backs in this class. I think Singletary and Montgomery are going to be kind of average. But I see star power in Jacobs and Sanders that I don't see in anybody else in that class, at least in the running back position. So it's kind of cool to see. He say, I said this to my my mom, who's a, who's an Eagles fan. She kind of became one when I became one as a little kid. She really was into football. She grew up. But I said to her, I'm like, listen, 26 right there? She goes, yeah. She goes, that's the best running back we've had in our roster since Shady. And and that that's including yes even though they were not in the best times of their careers, Ajahi, Demarco Murray, Legarrette Blunt, like we've had a real stable of like one hit wonder running backs. And Darren Sproles is kind of his own category, but this is the best running back we have had on our roster since Shady, and it's making me so excited. So now that Jack is back, we can get cranking on everyone's everyone's favorite game. Because, you know, of course, we weren't here on, on Tuesday, and you guys didn't get to hear me lose my crap on Sunday night when the Eagles so, pulled off the, the win of the of my season so far. Uh, so we're going to play the one-sentence game. And, Jack, don't worry, we're not going to talk uh, Eagles-Cowboys right away because that's, that's, not, that's not fair to you or me. So we're going to start off right now with if my phone ever freaking – there it is. All right. First game that I missed half of because I was shopping for Christmas presents. <laughs> the interception ball. Buccaneers and Texans. Jameis Winston going hard for that record. Kevin is happy. That's my sentence. Savannah? The fact that this was, I mean, that it wasn't a blowout is looks so bad on the Texans side. They could have ran away with this and didn't. That was like three sentences. Yeah, it's Savannah, Savannah kind of, well, the thing is we give it like, if it's under like 20 words, we'll give it to you. Like it's a Jared, it's a Jared writing piece sentence. 
It's yes, hard remember, to put everything in one sentence. <laughs> unless you just have horrible grammar. But basically, Jack, we, the whole rules of this, the game are if you can keep it within like a run-on sentence, like twenty, like 15, 20 words max. That's fair to you, I guess. <laughs> All right. What's your sentence, buddy? Who cares? The Texans will lose in the first round anyways. He's not wrong. Deshaun Watson needs Honest. help. Sean Watson needs help, man. Like, get him an offensive line. Get him a defense. Like, this is – the defense actually played great. But now that uh, Watt's coming back, hopefully they actually start playing well. Um, Bills-Patriots. Once again, the Buffalo Bills are legit. Can we just say that? But the but Tom will always have their the, – until Tom goes away, Tom and Bill will always have the Bills' number, no matter how good they get. They had this game. They had it. Jack. Hold on. I got it. Josh, I am your father. That's what Tom said after the game when they met up. (laughs) Oh, my God. I like the Star Wars reference. I did see the movie Friday, by the way, folks. I loved it. Are we going to talk about that? No, that's where that's where you and me do the O Show uh, corner booth uh, mix up with our uh, review of La- uh, Last Je- uh, Rise of Skywalker. Oh, you're giving away spoilers. Don't do it. You gave it away. Uh, yeah, I, listen, we we had to announce it at some point that we we're gonna do a, another conjoined show of you and me reviewing a movie. I mean, the first one was so successful. I mean, the ra- the ratings just skyrocketed. Well, your fans love me. <laughs> they or they love to hate me. I guess would be the right word. Yeah. All right. The final game on Saturday, my boy Chris was jumping for this one. Uh, Rams take out the 49ers. My sentence is, I told you the Rams were average. They are. They they can only just lose. That's the best they can do to good teams. They can never really beat a good team. So, yeah, the Rams suck. F Jalen Ramsey. Did you say Packers get Jalen Ramsey? No, I said F him. He ruined it for me. He's gonna be he's gonna be on a new team in the offseason. Jack. Rams are gonna win. Oh wait, no, they didn't. That's how I felt about that game. <laughs> That's how I felt when they they got smacked by our Cowboys. I'm like, yep, this is totally a Rams way to go down. Um Super Bowl hangover's real. Giants and Redskins. I had to miss the first five minutes of the Eagles game for this. I was like, this yeah, is- seriously. I had like Jack, you're you're in the Philly area, but like, oh my lord, I my I'm like sitting there watching on my phone, which kept glitching out because our LTE was kind of spotty. And I'm just like, what the crap, NFL? I don't give a fuck about this game. It's the it's the it's the who wants to screw their season up more bowl. Like I don't care. Yeah, Daniel Danny Jones had like what is it five touchdowns, but. Then again, so could me or Jack if we had that kind of time. The Redskins have no pass rush, and they, their defense is atrocious. I mean, if anything, both teams are 3-11. and 11. I mean, give the primetime spot. 3-12 Redskins. Come on, get your numbers right. No, they were 3-11 and 11 at the time, I'm saying. Ah, yes. They were, they were both 3-11, and 11 and they're playing that over uh, NFC title game, essentially. NFC Poor East job, game. Fox. Poor job. Yeah. Yeah, because I live right outside of New York City, basically, they had to do that. Savannah? I don't know. 
I look. I'm. I'm sorry. I literally look at this game and I'm just speechless. Like, how did it? That's a sentence. (laughs) (laughs) How much stupid could be in one game? Right there, you go. Alrighty, Titans and Titans and Saints. No Derek with no Derrick Henry, this game should not have been this close. Jack, shit happens. <laughs> we try to keep it semi PC. I'll let you get away with that one though. <laughs> We're trying to clean up so our acts. <laughs> I got some complaints after me and Kevin got in a screaming match over a game once. No profanity in the Corner Booth podcast? Less profanity. So, like, three or four curses the podcast instead of 15. Per person. That'll make us more professional. Semi. Savannah? Michael Thomas, most most receptions in a single season. That's ridiculous. Um... Third best receiver in the league right now. Third? Yep. Who won him too? Hop and Julio. Don't at me. Not this season. No, I'm talking if I was going to start a team tomorrow, age was no factor. If, no, even though. No, if I was going to start, like, do a one-year fantasy draft, I got receipt through. It's between the one of those three. I take Hop. If I go get Hop, I get Julio. Julio is more explosive and is a better jump ball guy than, than Mike Thomas. And Hopkins is a better route runner and has and the hands are the same, but Hopkins just is unstoppable. You can't cover him. It, you can triple team him; doesn't matter. He'll still catch the ball. Hopkins is also faster than Thomas, but like Michael Thomas is the best is like the best big body box you out receiver in the league though. All right, Steelers and Jets. <laughs> oh, L, L, the Steelers, man. Oh, this was just great to watch. This, I don't know what was what was uglier, the Steelers quarterback player, the fact the score was sixteen <laughs> ten. Jack. Um, I know how you feel. Uh, Savannah. <laughs> The Jets season is so damn weird. The Jets season is a meme. <laughs> it is like it's just like one, they're six and nine, so I'm gonna quote Kevin say nice. Uh two, what would have happened if Sam was Sam stopped kissing middle school teachers after games? <laughs> Alright. Bengals and Dolphins. Kevin, Kevin nicknamed this in, in week one the Tank Bowl 2020, I mean 2019, and it kind of turned into uh, number six in the draft versus number one in the draft. And, man, do those guys love Brian Flores. They will dive on a grenade for that dude. Jack? I thought I was watching the Giants-Redskins game. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. didn't Wait, didn't Rosen come in at one point? The Rosen one? I think so. Yeah. Go get the Rosen one on bellyupsportshop.com and designtree.com right now, ladies and gentlemen. Boys nice and girls. Yep. Nice plug. Oh, so by the way, folks, in the new year, Corner Booth merchandise coming your way. We're finally actually putting shirts out because it's about time. Cricket. 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 Oh, me, Savannah, and Kevin also all get free ones, but Jack has to pay double the price. Cricket. Cricket. <laughs> 
All right, Savannah, what's your sentence for Bengals Dolphins before I kick Jack out? Bengals officially secure Joe Burrow. But it's not going to say that they need a guy who's raw but has a higher ceiling because Burrow won't save that franchise. They need like a Herbert or a Jacob Eason, and then they just need to like or trade back because I think Burrow's the Bengals is going to backfire badly. Um, Panthers Colts. Wow, how the mighty have fallen. The Panthers at one point were talking like, oh my lord, they're in the wild card hunt. And then they lost five straight. Five straight, seven straight. Because they were five and three, I remember, at one point. So, yeah. Ouch. But also, McCaffrey breaks a single seed record for uh, receptions by a running back. Jack? Is Peyton Manning still the quarterback of the Colts? <laughs> Thirty-eight to six? Are you kidding me? Yeah, I just I think well I, here I have a theory before we get to Savannah's sentence. I really think the firing of Ron Rivera just killed that locker room. Mm-hmm. I'd imagine so. They love Ron, Ron, Riverboat Ron, and we do too. How does Ron Rivera get fired, but Jason Garrett still has the job? I know. Tell me. Rivera's been to a Super Bowl. 12 12 seasons, not one NFC championship game appearance. Yeah. How many many great coaches have we seen? Tom Coughlin wins two Super Bowls. He's gone before Jason Garrett. Ron Rivera's gone before Jason Garrett. Well, Tom Coughlin also. Rex Ryan made two AFC championship games. Gone before Jason Garrett. Well, also because Jerry Jones wants a puppet, not a headstrong coach. I mean, Marvin Lewis was putting up a pretty good fight with Jason Garrett there. I mean, I feel like that was a a, a bet between the two. Who was going to get fired first? Yeah, Jason won that one. He's a lone survivor. All right. Savannah, Panthers, Colts. Poor Will Greer. <laughs> he got put into the shittiest situation. I still think he's going to have a great career in the NFL. I, I loved what he did in college. I do, too. I just feel like he was put in, like, they fired their coach, and now suddenly he's just starting, and he's just with put in the situation where the team's just falling apart. I feel bad for him. <laughs> hey, trial by fire works a lot, especially in the NFL. All right, Ravens and Browns. <laughs> the Browns are a meme. Six and ten, here they come. Jack, why is Odell Beckham Jr. bald? <laughs> Odell Beckham will be like on a be a Patriot, Eagle, or Charger. Or Did he lose all of his hair because he was that frustrated? Like he had so many gray hairs, they just decided, you know what? I'm just gonna shave it bald. It's all going anyways. That's my how- impression of it is. How is this Fu Manchu wearing moron so bad at playing quarterback? I don't know. Why do they have the head? Why do they have the fr- the head chef at Kentucky Fried Chicken as a head coach? Ah, you get back in the kitchen, Savannah. Break it. The fact that the Browns had to force a turnover to be able to get on the board. I just Baker Mayfield. I just question him. I really do. I, I just I pray for him and I really hope Jimmy like the Jimmy Haslam comes to his senses and goes oh this kitchens guy has no idea what he's doing let's send him packing alrighty uh Jags and Falcons 
The Falcons just love Dan Quinn. They keep winning games. Also, Julio, fewest games to 12,000 receiving yards. Shout out to my boy, the American hero. It's a, it's a joke from our Madden League, Kevin. I mean, not Kevin, Jack. Sorry. Cricket. <laughs> I'm going to just start muting you now, honestly. Savannah? The Falcons Jaguars? Yep. Their Falcon season also confused me. They literally look like a team that would have, like, two wins. But then they just keep smacking teams. Yeah. All right. Kid Rock impersonator, what's your uh, sentence? Remember Minshew Mania? That's dead. Pepperidge Farm remembers. Remember how the, the Jaguar starting quarterback has a statue outside Lincoln Financial Field and Carson Wentz doesn't? Do you remember how Dak Prescott still hasn't made it past the first round? Yeah, I remember. I've been there. That's recent history. All right. Raiders and Chargers. The Raiders stay alive. And Phil Rivers needs to just retire already. I think he's charging hard for that all-time interception record. Savannah? Raiders pull off their last home win. <laughs> Technically, they were on the road. I know, but it didn't look like it, and it did not oh, sound yeah, I know. It, I, love, I, love, I love when they're at that stadium. I almost called it Qualcomm for a second. Um I the Chargers fans are uh, like are a meme at this point, man. It's just it's too funny. Jack Raiders Chargers. Vegas, here we come. Basically, um, Lions and Broncos. I feel so bad for players in the Lions because that team had so much promise at the beginning of the year. Jack. Or Mike Brown. Nah, he, he kind of he kind of begs for it, honestly. Hey, at least they got that one tie. That's true. It's nice to look at. <laughs> Savannah. <laughs> uh, is Matt Patricia gone after this after the season? No, they already said they're they're keeping him for next season. It's not him, it's the fact they had no quarterback for the last four weeks. Well, then they need to draft a damn quarterback because... That's what they're doing. I swear that I, I'm going to tell you right now, watch, Jacob Eason will be the next quarterback drafted by the Lions. Him or Herbert, whatever one falls to them. They like big-arm quarterbacks in Detroit. They're going to trade up. They're going to get Eason. They're probably going to try to trade back in the first round and get like Ruggs or Smith or one of the other explosive receivers. They want to rebuild that offense. <clears throat> All right. Also, my boy Drew Locke showing out. Yeah, how's his book club coming along? Yeah, that's pretty fun. Oh, totally. <laughs> um, Cardinals and Seahawks. Yeah. The fact is, I kind of could, I kind of saw this happening when all your running backs go down. Jack, protect the nest, baby. 14-point win. 
I think that uh, that basically kicks Seattle out of the one seed conversation, right? They can't win the no, West. They're, yeah, they're mathematically eliminated. They can only get as high as the three seed. I see. I found that to be very interesting uh, because if you did go into this Week 17 matchup against uh, San Francisco, winner gets the one seed, loser gets the five seed. That's heavy stakes, but That's yeah, the Cardinals that'd be awesome. Yeah, they play. Oh yeah, true. Savannah. Well, no. No, because if the Titans beat the Saints, or not the Titans, whoever the Saints are playing like this upcoming week, if they win, if whoever plays the Saints win, and then Seattle wins, then they have the one seed. No, Green Bay gets the one seed. No, Green Bay only gets the one seed if Seattle loses and we beat the Lions. I guess you're right. Damn. Well, we're gonna see on Sunday. I don't think. Uh, I I don't think Seattle is gonna win. Um, like situations. There's a lot of situations that can happen. Like there's three different teams vying for the one seed right now. Here, me and Jack are just trying to get into the damn playoffs. Right. And actually, I think there's four. I think New Orleans can still mathematically get the one seed. There's a lot of like shit has to happen, but it's still possible. Oh yeah. All right. Final game before we hit the Sunday night and Monday nighters. Cowboys Eagles. Carson is doing it by himself, but in oh my lord, it's sweet. Jack. Jason Witten, it's fun having you back for the year, buddy. Just don't go back to commentating. Please don't, please. Die. And also, (laughs) fire Booger, the petition starts here. Send him to CBS, he'll fill right in over there on their college football network. Savannah? The Cowboys! I don't want to put this all on Dak Prescott because I feel like I blame Jason Garrett. But Dak Prescott needs to, like, no matter if he's hurt or not, he needs to, like, pull it out for this team, and he can't. I know that sounds bad because, like, it's like, oh, how can you play your best if you're hurt? But if when you're when this situation is on the line, you need to step it the hell up. All right. Am I the only one that sticks to the one sentence rule around here? Basically, even Kevin. No, we've even caught Kevin doing a paragraph and a half ramble about the Patriots losing to the Texans. <laughs> um. All right. NFC the uh, Sunday night game that I didn't even watch because I knew how it was gonna go. Chiefs and Bears. Oh, my Lord. I don't know what's a bigger meme. The Bears or the Browns this year? The Bears. The Bears. The Bears. Uh, David Price, LOL. Jack? You going to tell me what that meant? Uh, David Price used to work for us at uh, – oh, Prince, sorry. He used to work for us here at Belly Up. And uh, he said that not only was Trubisky going to have a better season than Mahomes this year, he also said the Bears were going to go 13-3. Yeah. He also was subsequently removed from duty at Belly Up after he basically, like, tried to big-time us after one podcast. And then after we the Eagles smoked the Bears, I didn't feel like dealing with it on Twitter anymore, so I just kind of <clears throat> in him out. Well, that's uh, rude of you, Jack. You know me. I don't. I. I, I am. I tell it like it is. So, all right. 
Savannah, what's your sentence about Chiefs Bears? <laughs> I'll take that as a sentence. <laughs> That's my sentence. That's all I can do is laugh. <laughs> yep. Um, Jack, you got a sentence now that you've cleared, now you've had your question answered. Um. Yeah. Sigh. Also, Sigh. Chiefs defense. Yeah. I mean, yes, it's Trubisky, but like they're getting better. Terrell Suggs really made a difference. Sunday night football should be a privilege to play on. Like, have, having Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth call your play action, like, that's a privilege. And then you absolutely get smoke, you know? Like, the Bills had their first Sunday night football game in 12 years a few weeks ago. 12 years. They weren't invited to play on NFL Sunday night football for 12 seasons. Can we also say that they never really flexed a lot of games this year? No. And also, they flexed like three games. And also, on top of that, (laughs) the Thursday night football games were like the best part of the primetime game slot this year. Anybody else notice that too? Yeah, I picked up on it. Thursday, the Thursday games, I think it was like from like the Eagles-Packers game until like week late, until the week before Lamar smacked around the Jets for an hour. Basically... Every game was a nail-biter, and I have to check the score when I get off from whatever I was doing. We were recording here. I was working, doing other belly-up stuff. I'd have the game on the background. I'd be end up watching it more than I actually pay attention to my work because the game was game was epic. So even the Jags-Texans game, the Jags, uh, was it Jags? It was, um, yeah, Jags-Titans game, week three, which was abysmal, was still fun to watch. So, yeah. Uh, last but not least, Bears-Packers. Aaron Jones, you almost cost me my fantasy championship, but Devontae Adams, you sweet prince, you saved it. <laughs> I am a champion, boys and girls, by the way. What you mean, Packers, Vikings? Whatever. Mm. Skull crushed. 23-10. And that's a big loss for them in this playoff hunt. Savannah. Packers. That's your sentence, Packers. <laughs> no, they're they're gonna win ugly all the way to the Super Bowl. It's gonna happen. Three turnovers and we still win. It's a thing. Because they play Kirk Cousins on Monday Night Football. That's like playing a kid who's blindfolded. Whatever. We haven't won in that stadium yet. I don't know if that's embarrassing or just a good fact. Anyway, just remember my Eagles with no secondary still beat you guys. Um. Because the two no calls, but when oh, I Oh, get over it. You sound like the New Orleans Saints fans right now. Um <laughs> Finally, boys and girls, because I've been sitting this thing with this thing cold on my couch for about twenty minutes. Let's crack a six pack. It's time to rock and roll here as we get moving. It's we're almost at the one hour mark already. Minus a couple technical difficulties because Jack's video isn't working. So we're gonna start Which off. What is that? Not mine. My connection's fine. I got four bars. Savannah? I got full bars. I got full bars, too. Conspiracy. I blame the communists. All righty. Here we go. First up, Memphis-Penn State. I don't even remember what bowl game this is, but the matchup looked fun. Um, what is it? Good year, Cotton Bowl. Ah, yes. Okay, so now my brain. Now I just feel a little more embarrassed. I forgot to write down the name of this one. Um, uh, first off, Penn State 
was kind of that team that just kind of hung around in the back end of the good teams of the Big Ten. Uh, got smacked around in the fourth quarter by by Ohio State. I like their lineup. I just and but Memphis, they're gonna beat Memphis. AAC teams are just not right. They're like one B Division one B teams. They're like not a Power Five power yet. So I of course am going with Memphis. Jack. Um, I'm going to take the under with Penn State here. I mean, it's nice to see that uh, Jerry's World is going to be getting some late action in December, come Saturday. I always love to see uh, late football being played at AT&T Stadium, even though it's not going to be us. I'm going with Penn State. I just think their offense is too strong, 10-2, and two, going up against 12-1. and one. I'm, I'm going to take the under in Penn State. I actually like that move, too. Always bet the under in these bowl games, man. They're they they are ugly sometimes. Um, Savannah, Memphis, Penn State. So Penn State started out, you know, a no, and then the last four games they went two and two. They kind of looked shaky. Uh, well, of course they played Ohio State, so they're gonna look shaky. But uh, I don't think Memphis. I think Memphis is strong, and I think they're a decent team. But I think that Penn State lineup is just too good. I got to go with Penn State. All right, Kevin also had Penn State, so we got our first clean sweep there. Um, next up, we have Oklahoma LSU, one of the college football semifinals. I am – so I've been doing a lot of digging on this game because, I, you know, LSU, of course, is my championship pick. It's been since week three. I'm going to stick – I'm very proud of that somehow. Um – Joey Burrow, everyone knows, Heisman winner. I'm taking on an Oklahoma team that got in by the skin of their teeth with Jalen Hurts, who was also a Heisman finalist, and has been here before. With that in mind, it's going to be a lot closer. So, Jack, if you're going to be a betting man, take Oklahoma with the points. But take the points, but don't take Oklahoma for the win, basically. I got LSU by three on this one. I think it's going to be tight. I think LSU is going to get a little bit of a a rusting off game. They're still going to win. And then they're going to be ready to rock and roll by by championship game time. But I think this is the game where they kind of slip and stumble a little bit. Yeah, go Tigers, as Coach O would put it. Uh, I love Coach don't, o. don't let the numbers fool you. This is LSU's time. I think it's their year. Oklahoma would be a monumental upset going into this game, 100%. Totally. Uh, Savannah? It- you got it. You have to pick LSU. I know Oklahoma is a decent team, but LSU's on fire. You, you can't pick against them right now. Oh yeah, you can't at all. Um. Huh, all right, and of course Kevin took LSU because he's not brain dead. <laughs> Next up on the list, we have the game that Savannah has been looking forward to for a while now. We have Ohio State and Clemson. Now, Jack, I'll let you go first here since you are the guest. Ohio State, Clemson. I am not a big Ohio State supporter, so just personally I take Clemson. I also think Clemson has the stronger offense in this game. Mm-hmm. I know they're two heavy offensive units, but I give Clemson on the under for sure. Okay, so you're taking Clemson for the win. That is affirmative. 
All righty. Just for our viewers who aren't, aren't betters at home. Savannah, your Buckeyes think they can get this one? I mean, personally, you know I can't pick against them. I, I have to pick Ohio State, but here's why. I think Clemson is probably going to be the best team that Ohio State has faced this season. But the fact that Ohio State was blowing out a lot of their teams and doing all this, but they showed in the Big Ten Championship that they could face adversity and come back from it. They looked awful the first half against Wisconsin, and then they were able to come back, pick up um, where they, like, make up for their mistakes and come back and win the game. I think that uh, Ohio State's offense is strong, it's powerful, and they use momentum. So when they get it, it it's hard to get, it's hard to stop them. Um, they have a great secondary. I Chase Young's going to – I think they're probably going to double-team Chase Young. I still think that he's going to be able to push through, get a sack or two. Their secondary is going to be able to stop Trevor Lawrence from having these big plays. I don't think it's going to be a big difference. I think Ohio State's probably going to win by a last-minute field goal. But I still got to pick Ohio State. All righty. Um, Kevin took Clemson. Boo. Go Tigers. And so I was on Ohio State big time. All year, I said, you know, they're the most. I think Chase Young is an Asgard. He's not an actual human being. I, I'm praying he doesn't go to the Giants because I really don't want to see him twice a year. Basically, he is dominant. But Justin Fields never has really impressed me this year. He's been great, great quarterback. He's going to be an awesome prospect in two years or a year, whenever he comes out. But Trevor Lawrence has been here before. The Clemson Tigers have been here before. Dabo Sweeney has been here before multiple times. If there is one thing I trust in a game this tight, it's experience at the quarterback and the coach position, especially in college. I have Clemson winning by two two touchdowns. I think OSU is going to get off hot, but wins once because you know because they're going to you know they have an explosive offense and they have a great defense. Here's the problem. When Lawrence – Alabama had an insane defense last year too. When Lawrence was able to figure – get a get a, get a a lock-in, it was over. And the last couple of weeks, I think Lawrence is a pick. So I've got Clemson, but I'm taking the points. I'm rolling with Clemson here. I think they are going to walk into Tigers – up against the Tigers, and it's going to be one of the most epic national title games we've seen since – Maybe Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, Auburn. It's going to be insane. Did you say you're there winning by two touchdowns? Two touchdowns. Huh. That's my bold prediction. Jack, who's the favorite in this one? Is it Clemson? Yep. They got it. Yes, that's not my upset pick then. Savannah, is OSU your upset pick then? Of course. All righty. We switch over to NFL now. Titans and Texans. Now, ladies and gentlemen, Titans win. They're in the wild card. Or Texans go to the wild card. I don't know how the seeding works. I think because of the split and conference record, I think Texans still get it. I think because they won last time. Savannah, you're this. You're the scenarios one. You know who who gets the division title if the, if the Titans win? 
Texans already won the division. Since okay, the so the Texans already won the division. So the Titans get in a wild card here. Yeah. But if the Titans lose, right, and the Steelers, who will lose because their quarterback play is atrocious and Robert Griffin the third probably will tear them apart, I actually hopefully get to watch that game. Um because I, I love our I refer RG three as a comeback just because you know he got kind of hosed by Mike Shanahan. I think the Titans are going to slip up here. I think that the Texans game, knowing that they're going to get JJ Watt back, that they have a chance, you know, to not to put away a team like this. I just think even with Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, this is their ceiling they're hitting right now. If the Titans make the playoffs, it'd be great. I just really think the Texans got this one. I, it's just something about it. It's got me like, you know, I can't pick. If I'm going to go down, like I said before in the last pick, when it comes down to coaching quarterback, I would rather have the experienced coach and the experienced quarterback with the situation. That would be Deshaun Watson and Bill O'Brien. So I've got Texans. Jack, who you got? I got the Texans, of course, and then I have them as the four seed, and I have them losing the to the Bills in the wild card matchup like they always do. Me too. Yeah. It's like what we were saying earlier with uh, the Twins. They can never get past the Yankees. Uh, it was the, 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 the Rockets can never get past the Warriors. What is it from the same thing? With, it's the same thing with the Texans in the first round of the playoffs. They can never win a home game. Teams from Texas just can't get past the first round. We can't figure it out. Nope. Never going to happen. Astros, they're, they're an exception, but they cheat. So football teams, pro football teams from Texas. Let's let's clarify here. Uh, and Mr. Langley, of course, took the Titans. That is, of course, I think it's that's his upset pick, I believe. So, yeah, Jack, they're the, they're the, the Texans are the favorite, right? Yeah, I mean, they got to be right. I mean, yeah, what, yeah. mentioned Watt could be coming back. Yeah, but it's not going to be till wild card, right? Savannah's a division. Because I know Jet Deshaun Jackson was divisional round, but I didn't know about... I, I mean, I will say this, though. Matt Shaw last year against Andrew Luck, you could roll the dice with that one. Now that they have Deshaun Watson back, I mean, he's not as great as he was before his injury two years ago, but he's still Deshaun Watson. I so think he's a better passer, but he just yeah. the running isn't there anymore. All right, Savannah, who you got? Titans, Titans, Texans. Is Derrick Henry back next week or no? Do we know? I can check for you right now. Well, to me, it's I think Tennessee is obviously a better team with Derrick Henry. But so the Texans offensive line has been atrocious. But cool. recently they actually haven't been that bad. So the last few games they've only allowed like pressure on about 20% of Watson's dropbacks. And – Watson does really good against the Titans. Like, this is his team. Like, when Andrew Luck played for the Colts, that was that was it. Like, the Texans always lost against the Colts. It's kind of like how that that's how this is with the Titans. He tends to beat the Titans. He has a great passer rating. He throws a bunch of touchdowns, not a lot of picks. He's not really under pressure, so he has high accuracy. Well, I'm going to pick the Texans for this one. And for confirmation, Derrick Henry says he's playing Sunday, so. Well, I don't think it'll matter that much. I think it'll help. I think that may, will make it a closer game, but True. I still think Texans are going to win. I hope he goes to a better team that utilizes him better. I mean, yes, the Titan, Titans are utilizing him better, but he, I, I want to see him get some get some playoff experience. That man 
in the right offense would be a monster. Mm-hmm. A guy who's the size of a tight end but runs like a running back is disturbing to me. Um, <laughs> especially as an ex-defensive player. <laughs> so, Savannah, uh, you were going with the Texans as well. So, next up, Seahawks and 49ers. Um, I, oh, man, this is going to be interesting to me. So, I think my pick is the Seahawks is my upset pick. Now, bear with me here. I think – I don't know if Marshawn Lynch – I think Marshawn Lynch is playing Sunday, if I believe, because they have no other options at running back. Um, But also, the 49ers this year have been just the weirdest team to try to predict. Every time Savannah picks them to win, they win. <laughs> every time she picks them to lose, they win. But every time I pick them to win, they lose. So, <laughs> I'm picking them to lose. They might win. So, basically, I'm taking the, the Seahawks here. I think they have way more to play for. I think the this uh, this – uh, when it comes to quarterback, once again, quarterback, head coach. I will always take Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson over uh, Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo. I still think Jimmy Garoppolo is a game manager at best. So give me the Seahawks in a nail-biter. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that point. I mean, this is week, This is probably the toughest week to predict in the NFL week 17 because all the great teams are resting their great players. So there's no doubt San Francisco is not going to throw out Jimmy G for all four quarters. Uh, It's going to come. Obviously you mentioned the Seahawks much greater stakes going into this game. Now that this game won't be for the division. I thought this game would have had much higher stakes if it was for that one seed in the NFC playoff picture, but 49ers obviously have it locked up. The Seahawks need this game way more than the 49ers do. Uh, I got the Seahawks over the 49ers. I don't think it's going to be a nail-biter, though. I have them winning by at least 10. I can see that, too. It's It really comes down to what what the whole leadership behind the 49ers is thinking. I, I don't know. It's just the 49ers this year, I feel like they came out the gate so fast, and then they, you know, they beat up on teams that aren't physical, but... Listen, Clowney's playing, and he was a nightmare for those defensive t- and these those tackles for the uh, the the uh, 49ers. If Clowney plays, he's a difference maker in that game, only because for some reason Joe Staley just could not block him. So I, I'm completely with you on that one, Jack. Uh, Savannah, 49ers, Hawks. Okay, so I'm looking up. I'm just looking up. Um playoff scenarios and stuff just because I I could have sworn there was way more than like what I thought. So if the Packers, if this is very unlikely to happen, but you never know um, if the Packers lose to the lions and the Seahawks beat the 49ers, uh, the Seahawks will have the one seed because they have strength of victory over the four, um, over the saints, I believe. So there still is potential. I mean, it's not as high. It's way higher for the 49ers as it is the Seahawks because if the 49ers win, that's it. They have the one seed. There's nothing else that needs to happen. For the Packers, they need to win against the 
Lions, and then they need to have the Seahawks beat the 49ers because the 49ers have the edge over the Packers since they lost to the 49ers. But anyways, Seattle is always this place where, like, people are, like, scared to play because it's just an environment that's hard to be in. But three out of the four losses Seattle has has been at home. So I think that's been – I think that that point is kind of moot now. Like, it's just – you can't really say that anymore. Yeah. And especially after last week, Seattle losing, I think they have something to prove. I think that a lot of people are saying that they're not this strong team, that they seem to be earlier in the season when they didn't have as many losses or weren't losing games like that against the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 49ers defense, they've always been like this dominant team. But the last few games – uh, it's definitely because their schedule has strengthened, but they've double points allowed. They've um, their yards per game have gone up 50%. Their takeaways have gone down 50%. Seattle already won the first matchup and and in San Francisco. I don't know. It's so hard to choose for this. Just like looking at everything and then watching the first game. San Francisco lost that game because they didn't have gold. I think that's how you say it. Their kicker. Like, their kicker lost, or lost them the game, basically. It's, you know what? So, like, you take, so you're taking, you taking Seattle? After that mile run for the explanation? Yeah, sorry. I think Seattle is going to come out fires blazing. After last week, they have a lot to prove, and they have a hope at the one seed. I gotta go to the Seahawks. Not by much, by just a field goal again. But so basically, the Seahawks are me, Jack, and Kevin's upset picks. Savannah, since you already took Ohio State as your upset pick, that doesn't count for you. Just a regular pick. Next up, Ravens and Steelers. You, I'm, I, I'm feeling good about this one. I think the Ravens are going to take a nice little uh, chomp out of the Steelers' playoff hopes and dreams. Uh, even if Lamar doesn't play, I think Robert Griffin III is a very comparable backup. And I think that even if just Gus Edwards plays at running back, they're still going to dominate enough where they're going to get the win. They have enough tight ends and receivers where it's going to be just hard to stop them. The Steelers just look abysmal on offense. So give me Baltimore by a, at least 10 points. Gee, that's yeah. where I disagree with you, Jared. Really? I, I think this is kind of along the same lines as Seattle and San Francisco. This is a game where the Steelers, it's a must win for them. The Ravens, this game doesn't mean anything to them. They're the one seed regardless. Obvious, it's going to be RG3 behind the center on Sunday. And as good as you make him out to be, I don't know if he's going to be that great. I think that the Steelers obviously are going to have way more heart going into this game, given that they're fighting for that sixth seed. Who's to say that they'll go anywhere in the playoffs? I mean, who's they playing the Chiefs at Arrowhead in the first round? I mean, that's odds to win that game like 99 to one. So uh, I think that the Steelers have a lot more to play for, for this game and in this game. As opposed to the Ravens, I think the Ravens lay back on this one. All right. Savannah, Steelers-Ravens. Yeah, the Steelers have uh, way more to play for, but their quarterback play the last couple weeks have been not phenomenal. Um, 
RG3, like I said earlier, he has the experience. He, he's been a starter. He's been a backup. Um, I'm going with the Ravens. All righty. And Mr. Langley, of course, went with the Ravens as well. So we're going to gimme's. My first one, Philadelphia over G-Men. Don't ever stare down the barrel of a desperate Doug Peterson team. You will not want to be there. Uh, Kevin's upset pick, he took the Chiefs over the Chargers. Savannah, what's your uh, give me pick? Um, I was going to do the Browns over the Bengals, but I talked myself out of that just because weird things have happened for the Browns. So I think I'm going to go with the Saints over the Panthers. All right. Because Sean Payton did say that they are going full speed ahead. Yep. They have a chance at the one seed too. They need to win this game. Oh, my God. If I if the Philadelphia got a shot to take out New Orleans in New Orleans this year, it would make me so happy. Um, Jack, what is your gimme pick for the week? Uh, I only get to pick one. Only one gimme pick. It I, makes guess I, gotta, I guess I got it. I guess – my give me pick, if I have to pick one, is going to be the New York football giants over the Philadelphia Eagles. That's an upset. doesn't count. What, what do you mean? You so, can only – give me picks are when they have the – when the line, when the points are going towards the team. Okay. The line's filled off you minus four and a half. I pick Dallas over Washington then. But then I need Philly to lose. That's what I'm getting at. All right. So that wraps it up for our six-pack, boys and girls. No Kevin weird shit in sports. So uh, we will steamroll it right ahead to last call so we can get Jack on his merry way. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you all had a very happy, healthy holiday season so far. I did not. Uh, I know you didn't. Uh, I, of course, you know, had, you know, had relatives getting sick and uh, had some good beer, though. And, you know, nope, ate some good food. Nope. Enjoy the Eagles winning, winning, beating the Cowboys. Nope. <laughs> you know, if you keep interrupting, I'm just going to kick you for the phone call. You won't kick me, I'll leave. Then leave. <laughs> this is a free country. You'll come back. You love me too much. All right, finish your uh, monologue here. All I'm, I'm just going to, uh, all I'm saying is we have a lot of big things coming in 2020 for Belly of Sports. Like I said before, you know, the Corner Booth's getting a new logo with our merchandise. So look up for some Getting cor- a new logo? Yeah, um, for reasons from up top, my father of Clem Design Incorporated is redoing it. My dad, of course, graphic, being a graphic designer, he's redoing the whole the whole logo type everything. Um, he's on the men right now. He spent the entire holidays being sick. So when he, he will be taking care of the next couple days before the new year. Also... Shout out to Dan Dockich for retweeting our one of our writers' articles today. It was pretty uh, the last couple days have been pretty cool. Um, couple big interviews. Uh, we are gonna try to get friends of the network Dan Orlovsky back on our show for uh, talk because you know he's 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 riding shotgun with me on the Carson Wentz fan wagon. And uh, yeah, so big things coming in 2020 for Belly Up, of course. You know our our uh, satire writing. And uh, a couple new podcasts come on the pipe as well. So uh, I've been having my hand and trying to push those forward. So in 2020 is going to be the year of belly up, guys. Uh, Jack, of course, is part of that big time. So is Kevin and Savannah. 
and myself, of course. So look out for Billy Up in 2020. We're making some big strides. And uh, we appreciate all you guys' support from the O Show to our writing to the corner booth to every, even sound off, which I'm a part of as well. So we want to thank you guys all and we want to wish you a happy new year because we won't get to talk to you guys. In, actually, no, we're going to talk to you Monday. So we'll be on the 30th. So we'll wish you a happy new year then. But uh, enjoy the rest of uh, Hanukkah. Hope you all very He's not going to wish you a happy new year until the 30th. So you got to tune in December 30th. To the exactly. Corner. Keep them <laughs> wanting more. <laughs> all right. I'm Jared, that's Savannah, and that obnoxious Kid Rock impersonator is my good friend, Mr. Jack O'Hara. Jack, thank you once again, buddy, for filling in. Kevin will be back on the 30th, folks. Uh, So we go from a Kid Rock impersonator to an angry, angry, pissed-off Kevin. Quite the demotion you got on your hands there, pal. You know what? It, it's a promotion in some ways and demotion in others, buddy. We love you too much to, to let you go. Thanks for so. listening to the Corner Booth Podcast. I'm Jared. Be sure to check oh, us out Jack, on Instagram and on Twitter at Corner Booth Pod.